Let's talk about sex. <laughs> Good sex to me. You know what that is? That is when my partner comes at the same time I do. You know why that's so great to me? Is because that rarely happens. And that's because there's an orgasm gap. Women take just a little bit longer to come than guys. But I have a solution for you. And that is Promescence Delay Spray. Your delay spray is not just for guys with PE. It is for any guy who wants to last longer in bed without having to worry about it. Okay? It's not going to totally numb you out and it's not going to transfer to your girl. And for your girl, they have a whole line of women's products. I am never without their warming gel. That's my favorite. They also sell condoms. They sell lube. They have supplements that are going to make both you and your partner feel better and hornier. They are a one-stop shop. I love Promescent products. So what are you waiting for? Go get yourself some. Go to delayspray.com. That's delayspray.com to get all your Promescent products. They have free shipping as well as a money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. That's delayspray.com. Thanks, Promescent, for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you have not followed me yet on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. I'm uh, at Strict Anonymous both on Instagram and Twitter and also on YouTube. YouTube has handles now. My handle there is the same as everywhere else, at Strict Anonymous. YouTube, you could see like half of me, part of me, like my torso. You could see my hair. You could get a little bit of information about who I am, even though I'm anonymous on the show over on my YouTube channel, at Strict Anonymous. You could also see me. I was on Toronto Unicorn. She's a fellow YouTuber over there. She's been on my show. She actually interviewed me recently. Okay. So if you want to see me talk to her, you do get a visual over there as well and hear me answer a lot of interesting questions that I, you, you know, you don't know. You hear that over there. Uh, I will put the link in the episode. If you want to be on the show, it's called Strictly Anonymous because I change everybody's voices. You could call in and tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. Your Tell me all about your secret life while remaining anonymous. I'll change your voice. You could call me from a phony number. You make up a name. I just want to hear your true story. If you want to be on the show, there are so many different ways to contact me. The best way and the quickest way is on Instagram or Twitter. DM me at Strict Anonymous over there. Or another quick way is send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. You could also go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Please don't pay attention to what it looks like. I keep forgetting to redo that. Who the fuck cares about websites anymore? But I do need a new one. <laughs> uh, or you could also call my anonymous hotline, which is 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call there and tell me what you 
we want to talk about on my show and I'll send you a link to be on if it's right for the show. You could also leave an anonymous confession there, which I post those on my Patreon and I change all the voices. Now, my Patreon is a very fun place where people get uh, all of these episodes early, ad-free. You get anonymous pics of mostly all my female guests. You're going to see Casey, anonymous pics of Casey, uh, my guest today on my Patreon. You also, I also do Q&As uh, on there. I give them some episodes, which I never aired. I call them cutting floor episodes. They're good episodes, but they just didn't make the cut because I have just too many of them. <laughs> You could join my Patreon. The link is in the description. It's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. It's like $5 a month and you can cancel at any time. Now, if you want to talk to me on the DL, uh, and but you don't want me to air it, I do offer that as a service. It's a 45-minute call. It's $100. Most people call that and use that because they have a problem, like a secret problem, like they're cheating or their wife doesn't want to fuck them and they have kinds of fantasies, that kind of stuff. But they don't want to be on the air. I offer those services. You could email me about that, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Now, I think I told you guys, oh, if you're on a podcast app, make sure to subscribe to my channel. Uh... And that's about it. So today I have on Casey. I want to get to the episode because you're not going to believe Casey. I mean, in the middle of this episode, after she's telling me about all these freaking gangbangs she's had, and she's like talking about her system and how she likes it to go and how many guys she's done and all the things that she's into. I'm like, why aren't you doing porn? I mean, she would be like very successful. She is an effing porn star without the cameras. Okay. This girl likes ACX more than anyone I know. And gangbangs, she has had like between 50 and 60 of them. And she breaks it all down on this episode. Now, Casey's backstory is fascinating and all the other things she's into is fascinating. And I already have that all down in her first episode, which is episode 527. Casey is a vixen into swinging, DV, gangbangs and more. Now, she didn't touch a lot upon gangbangs at all. Like we kind of ended and she was like, oh, I never told you about all of that. And I was like, okay, you're going to come back on for part two and then wait until you hear what she reveals on this episode that I'm like, oh my God, you're coming back on for a Fetish Friday episode to talk about her fetish that she has. Wait until you hear about that. She's going to talk about it. I'm not going to tell you yet. You're going to have to wait to listen to the episode, but you just, you're not going to believe it. I mean, she's so hardcore. The other thing about Casey is she's a writer. She has three books, all of the links to her books or her one link where you could find everything because she also has an OnlyFans and all that stuff uh, will be in the description. She has books where she details her journey of becoming like the the woman she is, the girl who loves all these gangbangs and does all that stuff. She's an erotica writer. And it's funny because I was like turning some of my episodes into erotica. So I asked her like, hey, do you think like maybe I could hire you to write some of mine? And she was like, yeah. And she's been writing some of mine and they're really good. We talk about that. And she gives information about how to contact her if you're into that she gives, like I said, shout out all of her links to everything will be in the description. But on this episode, you're just not going to believe the shit that goes down in Casey's life and what she's into. And like I said, she breaks it down like gangbangs, like what kind she likes, what she likes best about it, what kind of guy she looks for, how many guys are the most that she's had, uh, you know, what her husband likes about it, how, you know, how now that she's married to him, she's really... Uh, 
you know, what she, how her feelings about certain things, especially like being degraded have changed. And it's not what you think. It's not like she's really not into it. She's actually more into it now. <laughs> she's married. She's into spit roasting and something called airtight. And she does DV in the middle of a GB. And <laughs> she is hardcore, like I said. And not only that, she's like competitive. One of the first things she says right out of the gate is like, uh, we go into the whole details about her first gangbang and how she just really wanted to prove herself. And not only does she prove herself then, she proves herself on this episode because you're going to have like a earfall. You're going to love it. You're going to love Casey. Like I said, I stand by my uh, thoughts of she should be a porn star. She is. You're not going to believe her fetish. I'm going to have a part three, but this is her part two. Uh, so I'm going to be right back on and you're going to love it. So I'm going to be right back on with Casey. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Uh, hi, Casey. Welcome back to the Strictly Thanks. Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? I'm so good. Thank you for having me back. I'm very excited uh, to be talking about this topic today. I know last time we got a little <laughs> sidetracked. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, you're so excited that I didn't even tell people what the topic is. And you're like, <laughs> I can't wait to fucking talk about gangbangs. This is the gangbang queen. Oh, my God. I've only had a couple. I mean, I don't think that gangbangs, you know, I and I listen, I there it's so, whenever I put out an episode with a girl who digs gangbangs, I mean, that is by far the most downloaded episode, but I haven't had, and I, it's because it's rare. I think, I don't think a lot of women do like it. I've only had a couple women on my show, Betty, Christine, and you. Okay. You're like three's the charm. So we did speak before me and Casey, she was on her whole backstory, which is really interesting because she's in a very open relationship with a guy and they do a lot of other things. I mean, not just gangbangs. This girl's a professional. She needs dick. Okay. There's a really funny audiogram I made of a soundbite of your last episode <laughs> on my Instagram. It's her last episode. I'll put a link to it in the description. It's 527. Uh, Casey is a vixen and to swinging, DV, gangbangs, and more, blah, blah, blah. You wait till you hear that episode. If you haven't heard it, go listen. But if you did listen, you realize that at the end, you know, she did mention that she was into gangbangs, but we didn't get hardcore into it. And, you know, immediately after we were done, she said, like, we didn't, you know, talk about that that much, right? Isn't that what you said to me? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and this is the truth. I just want to give you a shout out, though, too, and explain that, you know, what... The other thing that Casey does is she writes erotica. She published, what's really interesting about her, she published all of her journey through doing all this crazy SEX stuff in three different books that she has up on Amazon, right? You're going to give a shout out to those at the end. I will put links to those. But the reason why I'm bringing that up is because, and the reason why we've been talking is because you're now writing erotica for me. I am turning my episodes, some of my greatest episodes into like written stories. And I, and you're doing that for me and you're like a great writer. So, I mean, can other people use you? I mean, do you offer your services to other people? Like if they wanted, needed someone to write? Oh, absolutely. I am definitely always open for freelance work. And just a side note about writing your episodes. Um, I know you just mentioned a couple of uh, people's names about gangbangs, and when I wrote those episodes, it was so fun for me because I felt like it was my story, and I like seeing the things we had in common or the things we differed in opinions regarding gangbangs. And also the fun part about writing now is that I kind of use my husband 
as um, your muse. <laughs> a little bit, like every time I finish a story, I make him read it, and then we judge how long it takes him to get hard while he's reading it. Uh, or if fucking, you didn't tell me that. Hard. Do I have to pay extra, or or does, or maybe you should give me some money back for your husband's hard-ons? Yeah. I mean, that's fucking awesome. Who does so that? That's like the added bonus. Sometimes you know, like when you're writing for the general audience, because I'm not just writing for women. So it's really fun to have his opinion sometimes. And I didn't it's know been, that. you know, a fun little game for us now. I like to include him in everything I do. So I, I thought you might find that funny. Oh, I love that. I mean, that is like a major perk for me because I need to know that guys are going to get hard from these stories. That's the whole point. I didn't know that you run it by your husband. That's like awesome. How would people hire you? I mean, I knew how to because I talked to you about episodes and stuff, but like how do people get in touch with you for that? I'll put the links below. Like, is it an email or do they go to your website or like what do they do to get, contact you? I uh, would Instagram? use my email. I used to use Instagram, but I might be getting banned from Instagram, so that's not <laughs> reliable anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give you my email at the end that we could post, but that's, I would say, the best way. Okay, so the email is there if you want to hire her for Radhika. She's great. I uh, hired and fired many writers before her, but I haven't fired her because she's fucking good at what she does, and I didn't even know that she was running it by a hard-on. She was getting, like, that approval, which is great. Okay, and now you're definitely going to get a hard-on from this story, okay? It's just like her husband gets hard-ons from my stories <laughs> because Casey needs a lot of dick, okay? That's why you're into gangbangs, right? Because you just need so much, right? Yes, and I think um, the last time we spoke, I you asked me about my first one, but I kind of, like sped through it a little bit. And what's funny is because you mentioned my books are like my diaries. Yeah. I've been through so much over so many years and so many people that I had to actually flip through my books yesterday just to kind of like refresh my memory on some things. And I had myself laughing because I forgot some of the stuff I've experienced or, you know, how I felt. So yeah, going yeah, back yeah. to my first gangbang, mm -hmm. I was playing with this guy that I knew for a while and he decided it was time that I had one. And I never thought back then I would ever be a gangbang girl. It never occurred to me. Um, at that point, I had been in the lifestyle a little bit. I was playing with a ton of guys, threesomes, DV, stuff like that. But it never, like, I never had the idea to have a gangbang. I think he presented it to me. Mm -hmm. And that night, I didn't know any information. He just said, we're having one. I'm going to pick you up. Be ready at this time. And then he took me to a location. And it turned out to be him, three black guys, and a Spanish guy. And it was really interesting because up until this point, I was meeting people for drinks. I was flirting. I had that pre-part going before I went to the hotel room. Mm -hmm. And this was one of the first times where it was really arranged where it was super anonymous. I walked into a place, they were there and there was, I don't think they even knew my name. I didn't know their names. It was very kind of business-like. And one of the black guys, I'll never forget, he was a little cocky and arrogant and he kept saying, tell me your safe word because you're going to need it tonight. <laughs> oh and, my God. What was your safe uh, word? You know, research has shown that sex is as mental as it is physical. So you need more than just an amazing vibrator. You need a hot story. And you know where you're going to find hundreds of hot stories? 
on the Dipsy app. No matter what you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy has something for you. Whether you want to hear straight stories or straight up hookup stories, stories about threesomes or moresomes, you're going to find it on Dipsy. They have hundreds of stories and they release new content every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. And you know what else Dipsy has? They have a jump to the action button. So if you're really horny and you don't have that much time, you could literally press a button and it's gonna take you right to the place where the action starts. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories you could read. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash strictly anon. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash strictly anon. Dipsy stories.com slash strictly anon. Thanks, Dipsy, for sponsoring this episode. I'm a very, you know, like funny girl. I don't like that about people. And how dare you challenge me? You don't even know me. And I can be kind of spiteful. So I remember I told him my safe word. And I said, I'm not going to use it. And he's, you know, we'll see about that. So we <laughs> now it's a competition. Eight. Yeah. So I played with the five of them. I think we played for like three hours straight. And it became, I think in my book I reference it's like a boxer at a match. Mm-hmm. It's you versus opponent. Like who's going to tap out? Who's going to win? It becomes not just a physical challenge, but like a mental challenge at the same time. For you. And yeah, and I ended up victorious. I did not <laughs> surrender. I did not tap out. And at the end of the night, these guys were just like, holy shit, who is this girl? Like, where did she come from? And my friend was like, I told you I only bring like the best girls around. And after wow. that moment, you know, being in the lifestyle compared to being like my shy Catholic girl or whatever, afraid to have sex. I was already way more sexually open, and I knew guys were okay with promiscuous girls by now, but this was the first time where I felt so empowered and powerful in a sexual situation, if that makes sense, and I liked the fact that they were shocked, and they couldn't believe that I essentially won this little game we were playing, and that's, I think, what sparked my real interest in them. Yeah. Yes, it's fun physically and all this stuff, and my body got so accustomed to it that now I need it, but mentally, I really enjoy that game. And you never know how it's going to go. It's always different, but the mental stimulation that I get from it is probably the biggest turn-on. And that night, I think I was... It was the first time I had that much impact on my body, because these guys were, like, trying to destroy me with their cock. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? They and wanted to hear that safe word and have you lose. <laughs> and I always tell people, because people go, oh, my God, like, you must be so sore the next day. Your yeah. pussy must, you know. No, never. However, a lot of times my abs will be sore, because yeah. guys are fucking you so deep and so hard that you have to, um, like, clench your muscles a lot. Oh, wow. So, Sometimes my abs will be sore, but my pussy is never affected by anything. It's pretty funny. Um, But so after that night, I didn't have sex for the next few days because I was just so, um, like, physically excited and pleased by that. I didn't want 
any bad sex to ruin the moment or anything like that. Nowadays, when I have a gangbang, five minutes later, I'm like, I want another one. But back then, I just needed time oh to, God, to um, like, just have it settle in and mm-hmm. appreciate what happened. So that's how the the last the that's the last um, section in my first book, and then my second book, the first half is dedicated just to gangbangs, and I developed like a system for how I have them. There's, you know, sometimes people hear the word gangbang and they just assume. But wait, I want to cut you off right there and just ask you one question. And then we're going to go right back to like the start off of like your system of a gangbang. Because I think that's interesting. And it sounds like that first guy had organized gangbangs before because he was yeah. like, right? Because I know that some people who uh, have wanted to do gangbangs, one of the hardest things to do is like coordinate them. And there are gangbang yeah. coordinators because to get all these people's schedules aligned and the girl into them and everything, I mean, it's a lot It's a lot of work. Sounds like that yeah, guy was a professional. That. Yeah, they don't. Um, but my one question though was, uh, you know, how did you feel? Like, were you nervous? You said you were not. You had never had a gangbang before. This was your first time. Were you nervous? Were you just super horny? Was it all of the above? It was probably a mixture of everything. Mm-hmm. But once it started, mm-hmm. I think the nerves, you know, after maybe a half hour or something, and I said, okay, I could definitely manage this, whatever's happening here. Um then I lost my nerves and I was just focused on like achieving the goal. Right. Which was fucking all these guys and getting off. I mean, did you get off like a ton of times? Are you multi-orgasmic? I forget. Oh yes. Right. right. Um, I do remember it was a long time ago. I remember we did, there was a point where like my friend was the bottom anchor and everybody just rotated on DV for a while. Um, but when I was playing, Outside of DV, at the end of the night, my friend said to me, wow, I'm surprised you weren't on top a lot because I love being on top. He goes, I've never seen you on your back so much. And I made some snarky comment like, they were so arrogant, why would I do the work for them? Like, you know, (laughs) I had this mentality like, fuck these guys. If they want to show off, then, you know, let them go for it. So I kind of, you know, um, let them do a lot more of the work than normal because I just was like a little spiteful about it. Yeah, but so. you just, you close, you you know, because you're you and this is just like normal for you. You don't realize that like, you know, it's not just a gangbang. You're having DV. You just throw DV in there. Why don't you explain what that means? Like you're doing, you're not just like gangbanging. You're doing like double vaginal. I mean, the, that's not even DP. That's DV, right? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. was that your first time doing double vaginal penetration too? It was that all at oh, once? No, no, I was okay. good at it by then. That oh, was you like were a you're a fucking week. professional before. Okay, yeah. so it, so you're doing gangbangs. You're putting two dicks inside of you. All that happens at one time. You score. You win. Okay, now go to your system. I'm sorry. So it took a little practice to you know kind of navigate how things work and stuff. Um, but eventually, so first of all. I was, I was saying people sometimes hear the word gangbang and they feel it's a very negative word. They think it's disgusting or trashy. Um, but you can have a couple of gangbangs a couple of different ways. You can have one where the girl is there and she's just getting, you know, pummeled by this line of guys and she's kind of there like for them. Or you can have ones that are a little more interactive. Everybody's playing at the same time and the guys are 
like their goal is to please her in return, you know, so there's different mentalities behind it. I use the first one um, if I'm at a club or something because I, when I go to clubs, I usually just get fucked. I don't like do oral. I don't make out with guys. I don't know where they came from. I'm super allergic to latex. So at a club, I have to be very careful who I play with. I only play with guys that are dressed still and whoever I'm with has to, you know, be in charge of all the condoms and stuff. So it's, um, a less intimate kind of gangbang that I would have. Yeah. Um, when I structure them myself, I can do it two different ways. I can either have everybody show up at the same time. So say you have like six people, they all show up at the same time. They all rotate, they mix in, or you can stagger it where everybody comes. You have maybe three people come at the same time. Then every half hour you add somebody that way is kind of good because as people start to lose energy, you have fresh cock coming in, right? So you can last longer. Yeah, but that's, I know. But let me ask you this. So when you do it, like, do people at the swingers club that you go to know, like, oh, Casey's here, like, let's get ready for the gangbang. I mean, how do you wrangle up a gangbang at a swingers club? It's it's really hit and miss. Okay. You, You don't know. Sometimes I would post a date saying I'll be there, but then only people on whatever site I am, know that, right? But you don't know who else is going to be there. Right. But I would always go on single guy nights, which are generally Fridays, and it's really just hit and miss. You don't know how many people are going to be there, what kind of guys are going to be there. I would always go early so I could watch who entered, see what they were up to, make sure, like I said, they didn't touch anybody else yet. But, you know, there's no guarantees. You could go and have sex with one person, or you could get lucky and find 12 people. There's just really no... No now, system to that part. I can't control that one. When it comes to gangbangs, uh, you know, because you've had so many and you do so much, I, I, do you have, like, are you, would you consider yourself picky when it comes to, like, who you're going to have sex with or not picky? I mean, are you looking just strictly at, like, the dick or everything involved or, you know, because I find that a lot of women in the lifestyle uh, or even guys, you know, I mean, people sometimes are very picky about who they fuck. So I'm just wondering how you always find all these people that you're attracted to. Maybe you're not picky. So yes and no. When I first started and I was single, Mm -hmm. everybody had to be exactly what I wanted as if they were going to be my boyfriend. I needed that connection, that physical, whatever. Yeah. Um, Once I started getting more into gangbangs, I opened it up a little wider because they're not as personal, you know, they're, they're serving a function and they're all working together. So if someone is lacking one thing, someone else might have it. Also the person that is helping me have the gangbang, I'm very like, they're my type. They fulfill a void. Um, but you have to really, it's not that I don't have standards when it comes to them physically, but it's definitely not the same as if I was playing one-on-one because you need, like, just because you're a hot guy doesn't mean you're going to be great at a gangbang. And I've learned that over the years of a lot of disappointing nights. You know, it's more about their mentality. If they're actually a gangbang guy, whether or not they're attractive, you need guys with good stamina, good attitudes, guys that play well with other guys, guys that are not um, opposed to having, you know, they say like crossing swords and stuff, like having their yeah. cock touch their cock Mm -hmm. and I can get into that because there's a whole system of like how guys I view guys as far as their attitude towards gangbangs um so if you want to have a lot of gangbangs like I used to have them every week when I was single for I think a whole year Mm -hmm. so 
Listen, Casey, I know you're talking. No, no, no. But I just got to just put you on track here, Casey, because here you are. And I just think this is funny. Maybe no one else. But here you are like trying to teach people like about gangbangs. Like there's not many people like you. Okay, you're like, oh, you know, if you want to have gangbangs every week like me, you know, like I have them. No, most I don't know. Find another Casey. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of women will like have a gangbang or like two in their life. Or it's just like a fantasy. Yeah. This is like my, my That's passion. That's what I'm saying. You know? You're talking like, you know, you're going to get the masses to do it. I just think it's funny, you know, because you're just like, <laughs> you're all business. Okay, but wait, so the gangbang guys, go back to that. You used to have so gangbangs every week. I used to for like a year when I was single. That was what I did. That's how I racked up a lot of uh, sexual partners so fast. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying, you have to, you know, loosen your restrictions sometimes, or you're not going to have enough people to sustain the amount of play that you want to have. Exactly. Yeah. So, Like I said, stamina, performance, personality goes a long way, how they interact with other people. Um, so all of those things qualify, you know, we like, I like guys that are in some sort of physical shape, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but you know, race and stuff are not super important, you know, it kind of varies. And I would say that there are a few types of guys that go to gangbangs. One would be, and this is not the best one, um, sometimes you find guys that will go to them just because they can't get dates on their own. And that sounds mean, but sometimes, you know, especially at clubs and stuff, you'll find guys that maybe aren't that successful meeting people on the sites and stuff. So they're willing to kind of take what they can get. And there's a, there's a phrase in the lifestyle, like, uh, thirsty guys, Uh huh. thirsty guys are kind of desperate. They're just like searching for anything. They'll fuck anybody. Um, and then there's hungry to me. Hungry is the positive term of that. They're super like horny, aggressive, sexual guys, but they're not, they're not desperate. So I guess desperation is the main factor. So that kind of distinguishes, you know, how they behave, the etiquette they have, the way they treat people. So if you ever hear thirsty guys, that's usually like a negative connotation. But then you have guys that I would call them. But will you take a thirsty guy? If I'm at a club, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's basically what you find at clubs usually. Yeah. You know, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so I would say there's gangbang friendly guys. This is like the basic level where they want to come, they want to have fun and stuff, but they're a little sketched out about male to male contact, even though it's straight contact, you know, they don't, they might not want to do DV. They don't want to do double blow jobs. They want to be involved, but like a limited involvement. So I used to meet guys like that in the beginning, but now not so much. Then you have the true gangbang guys where they they get off on this shit. They have no problem doing any position, anything, you know, and it's funny because I'm very much into obviously DV, but like double blowjobs and stuff like that. And I've even had guys where you're doing DV and like one cock falls out and the other guy is like, bro, do you mind if I put it back in for you? And it's like not, it doesn't phase anybody, right? So these are like your professional gangbang guys. Nothing phases them. They do whatever it takes. They just want to have a good time, make sure the girl is happy. Mm -hmm. And then I would say 
like the gangbang VIP guys are kind of what you mentioned before. These are the guys that will actually organize it for you. And they get off on providing all the guys and just watching it for you. And like your pleasure having the gangbang is what turns them on. Well, you're with so, a guy now. You have a husband. Uh, does yeah. he coordinate any? Is he your or- gangbang coordinator now? We we kind of do it together. Mm-hmm. I have a lot more experience in this realm than him, but he definitely helps me vet people and search people, and he posts a lot of our dates looking. So he'll do uh, a lot of the recon for me and, like, initial vetting of people, but we work together. It's a lot for one person to do. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about the best vibrator out there ever. Okay. It's the only vibrator I use and it is called the Crescendo 2 by Mystery Vibe. And you want to know what sets it apart and makes it so unique and why I'm so obsessed with it. (laughs) Because it is fully bendable. This thing will bend like a finger. You could use it to not only hit your G spot, but all the other spots that turn you on. Whether you're playing alone or with your partner, whether you're a woman or a man, the Crescendo 2 is going to work for you. There are six motors, okay, divvied out through the whole vibrator. So there's like zero dead zones like all the other vibrators out there. There are also 12 preset vibrations that you get to choose from. And there's an app that goes with it. So you can not only customize your whole experience, if you're alone, imagine all the fun you could have when you give your partner the controls. There's a reason why the Crescendo 2 has won over 20 international awards, and that's because it is seriously one of a kind. It really is the only vibrator I use. Just go to mysteryvibe.com to check it out. Once you see it, you're gonna be like, oh my God, now I know why Kathy loves it so much. Just go to mysteryvibe.com. You're gonna get 15% off on top of 25% off by using my code strictly 15. That's 15% off on top of 25% off by using my code strictly 15 at mystery vibe. That's strictly 15. Use it at mysteryvibe.com for 15% off on top of the 25% off already. Thanks, Mystery Vibe, for sponsoring this episode. Yeah, no, that's why they have like these gangbang or organizers. I've I've uh, been close to having one on my show, but I I've heard about them and it makes sense. You know, I just had Maitland Ward on, and she was talking about gangbangs because she does them in porn. She's a porn star, and she was saying like, you know, gangbangs. What people don't understand is they're very physically uh, challenging. You know, you're taking care of a lot of people. Are you still that girl that lays there and makes them prove to you because you're like, you fuck oh, no, that no, that was I just, would think that no, was right? First, yeah. Just out of sight. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Now we're totally different. And even more so now that I'm married to my husband, he, it shifted a little more, um, where he really wants to see me like pleasing them a lot during it. And it's it's much more like 50-50 now, I would say, because um, he likes to see a lot of crazy shit, and he gets a lot of pleasure from watching me misbehave. So he likes to see me do, you know, like a lot of face-fucking, gagging, and stuff like that. That's one of his biggest fetishes to see. Oh, really? Um, and now he, you know, 
let's guys put like a leash and collar on me. We do body writing. They spank me. Whatever they want to do basically is allowed at this point. Well, like what's the writing? Because I know I've heard that before. Like is he write, they writing like whore, slut? Oh, yeah, whatever they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we kind of open it up now where we just bring a lot of props and toys and whatever the guys want to use. Because not everybody wants to use the same things or, you know, has the same vibe going on. So we just bring everything and then we let guys kind of organically go where they want to go. He's also a big fan of dirty talk. He loves hearing guys like talk shit to me. Um, So when I was single, I didn't allow a lot of the stuff. I did not like being submissive to men when I was single. It really bothered me. I thought I was giving away too much of myself to people that were strangers and didn't like earn anything or have the right to mistreat me in that way. In my brain, that made sense. But now that I'm with my husband and it's one of his fetishes and I feel like it's a safe environment to do it, it's become a huge turn on for us. Oh, that's that's interesting, don't you think? Even to look at like listening to yourself say that, can't you step back and be like, wow, like, you know, it makes sense to you in some way, right? But you would not think that it would make sense. But I kind of get it, you know? And also sometimes, even though I'm doing submissive things with guys, it doesn't really feel submissive in the moment because I am still very much, it's weird, I'm still very much like aggressive and dominant while I'm being submissive. It's weird. I'm not naturally submissive. So, um... That dom part of you never goes away. Like you still feel like you're in control and you're in charge even when you're being. So I get it because you yeah, just like can't not be. And I'm like, God, fuck yeah. me harder. Like, can't you do anything? Yeah, like, yeah. So I'm still being aggressive while I look like I'm submissive. It's a weird. No, but that's how fucking alpha you are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't be submissive even with the deletion collar on. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, and side note, me and my husband, when we first met, he was used to playing with very submissive girls, but I'm not submissive. So we've tried so hard to have like a dom sub thing going on between us. Yeah. And it it's really difficult for us when we're alone, but we've learned that when you add other guys, he like flips a switch and he becomes this like major alpha dom that doesn't give a fuck about what he's doing to me. I mean that in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Two of us. Yeah. He's like, oh my god, am I hurting you? I can't. Like, you're the love of my life. I'm afraid to hurt you and like damage you. I go, baby, it's fine. Like, I promise, I am fine. And it's hard for us. But then you put us in a room with other guys, and we become like these different people. And he is just like telling guys, do whatever the fuck you want. He's doing what he wants. You know. um, We've gotten into like he pisses on me, he spits on me. You know. We literally like. Everyone, oh, but we get wilder when there's another guy in the room for some reason. It's this weird psychological thing that we have. So, so that's those... pretty interesting. You know, like the psychology behind all of this lifestyle always fascinates me. And that's like, I write about a lot of that stuff. Like, why are you doing this? Why do you feel a certain way? Um, so the fact that I love multiple guys works out well for both of us in a sense, you know, it feeds all of our fetishes in one. When you had that first gangbang, uh, did it, and then you did say eventually like you were having them every week, did that start up immediately? Like, was that the top of the mountain for you? And you were like, oh my God, I have to have another one? Like, how soon after that was your second gangbang? And was it always with that guy? 
I don't remember how soon it was, but in the beginning, he would periodically say, like, hey, do you want to have one? Yeah. And I'd say, okay. Like, I always left it up to him. Yeah. And then after a while, because I'm me, I go, <laughs> why am I relying on him to have them for me? Like, why don't I just have my own? Because he was married, so he wasn't available all the time. He lived far away. Mm-hmm. And I had this craving for them now. And I was like, you know what? I'm a smart girl. I could figure this out. So then I started hosting them myself. And I could have them whenever I wanted. And that's when it kind of like really picked up steam because I was single. I had nothing else to do. <laughs> you know, so every week I'd just be like, okay, okay. And that's when I got my reputation. And then I l- literally had like a waiting list of people that wanted to like come to my hotel things. Okay, slow that down. That's like super interesting. You start hosting them. Now, was Craigslist around at that time? Like, where did you find your guys? Or were you on FetLife or through the Swingers oh, Club? I was on different lifestyle sites, yeah. Okay, so you were on different lifestyle sites. You put out there, I'm looking to have some gangbangs. And would you get like hundreds of submission? Like, how would you pick that the guys? And how many would you look for in a night? So... Here's the rest of my system. So you have to remember that when you have a gangbang and you invite people, they're not all going to show up. I know. Unless, yes. unless I specifically know these people, if these are new guys, it's a 50-50 chance they're going to show up. Yeah. Guys are so full of shit. Um, you don't know what their real story is. Half the guys on the site are not really single. They're married. They're cheating. They're whatever. They just get off on talking to you and having this fantasy, but they're never going to really pull the trigger on it. And, you know, you learn these things the hard way, too, right? This takes time to, like, realize all this stuff is going on. So I would post an ad. You can post, like, a date. Say what you're looking for. Yeah. And then you just wait for the messages to come in. And I would start, in the beginning, I think I would start, like, a week in advance. And I found that was too much time because people would commit and then things would change before that. Yeah, that makes sense. So now it's, like, you know, three or four days in advance, you post something. You start letting emails come in. You sift through. 80% of them are garbage, you know, and then you kind of start feeling out the people that you might be interested in. Do you get pictures? Do Do you ask for dick pics or face shots? I mean, how do, how are you deciding who, you know, you want to actually maybe proceed further with? Um, I definitely want to see everything. So Uh their pictures should be open. Yeah. Um, on the site, people can have search so you can like verify that people are real and stuff that always, helps out because you figure they're more likely to actually show up than someone that has nothing. If someone's been on for 10 years with no certs, you're like, what are you doing? You know, where, what's your deal? So it's a little sketchy. It doesn't mean they're all fake, but most of them are. Okay. Um, so I like people that it shows they've met people. They have some, something from a recent cert, not five years ago. You learn like all these little things that could be red flags. So I would pick, if I wanted to have five people, invite seven or eight. Yeah. If they all show up, it's an even better night, but most (laughs) likely you're lucky if the five show up, right? So then guys always, I would pick the hotel. I would give a start time and a finish time. They can come the whole time. They can come part of it. I don't give a shit. That's How many hours would you do? Were you down for? Uh, We usually do like three to four hours. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Um... And where would you do these? Sorry, where? 
Just hotels. Okay, so you would, I mean, you know, come on. You act like we all know these things. Oh, hotels. Maybe it's at your house, you know what I mean? So who paid? No, you no, would, no, God, no. Okay, so you would Absolutely do it at not. a hotel. Right, exactly. Okay, so you do, you're do. You're, you're in a hotel. Now, when you're do, booking that hotel room, do you ask to be, like, far away from the lobby? Do you not fucking care? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I would be a little nervous. not the first floor, but other than that, I've never been kicked out of a hotel. Okay, ever. okay. Um, I've been in trouble in my own apartment and stuff, but not in uh, hotels. And generally, you know, we're playing, I used to do weeknights from, you know, like seven to 11. So it's not like it's three in the morning and you guys are screaming and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, so it was reasonable. Um, and then, so the guys all split the room. They pay. So they're the ones covering the cost. Mm-hmm. You, um, it's a good idea to invite extra people for that reason in case somebody doesn't show up, you know, you still have everything covered and, you know, I'm not profiting from anything. I'm not, you know, people are not paying to sleep with me. They're not, you know, I'm not going home with hundreds of dollars like a prostitute. It's just typically in the lifestyle, single guys, you know, cover the cost of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's kind of just how it works out. Um, So I would get the room. They would give cash when they showed up. When I had them by myself, it was, I'd be in the room with one of my friends because it's a very good idea as a girl, if you're having something like this, to know somebody there. If I'm meeting five strangers, I'm not doing that without a bodyguard. It is very dangerous, a horrible idea. So I would always have somebody that I trusted with me. They wouldn't really play so much usually because they were in charge of watching condoms making sure nobody did anything appropriate, answering the door if somebody was late, you know, like all the logistical behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. And then I would play with them at the end of the night, usually. That um, person that was there for you, you'd give yeah. them, throw them <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, but these, remember, these are guys that loved girls that were used. It's not like they hated being there, like they wanted to be there. Of course, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is, like, a lot of, like, logistical stuff that goes on that, you know, like, I can't be responsible for watching everything if I have, like, cocks all over my face and stuff. <laughs> you know, it gets a little tricky, so you need help. Um, and I would always just have the guys come. Oh, so going back, sorry. So a few days before, like, you start looking, and then the night before, you confirm with the people you chose. The day of, you reconfirm again, and that's when you send the actual, like, hotel. When they show up at the hotel, they text you from the parking lot. That's when you give them the room number. You try to limit who knows where you are and what's going on as much as you can. I feel like it's just smarter that way. You don't want, like, random people showing up and stuff. Um, So they would just come directly to the room, and I would be in there. We never saw each other, like, outside of the hotel room. With my husband, we've mixed it up a little bit where sometimes – we meet, like, all five guys for a drink first. Oh, really? And my husband is super social. He's very friendly. He loves meeting the guys that we're playing with. And we do that sometimes. Because I really like anonymous stuff. I like that Stranger first gangbang where I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I like not knowing anything about the guys. But he's my husband and has to work for both of us. So we go back and forth with it. You know, sometimes we meet first. Sometimes we just meet in the room. It's also important to mention that I usually do a mix of guys I already know plus some new guys. Because when you have when you invite all new guys, you could potentially run the risk that nobody shows up, nobody can perform, you don't like anybody, 
it could be just a complete waste of a night. Yeah, of course. So I've learned that if you invite, if you're going to invite five guys, maybe no two of them already. This way you're stacking your hand, like if you're playing cards, right? You're building a more successful night for yourself. Now the new guys are wild cards. If they perform well, that's amazing. If they don't, you still have two guys plus my husband could always help out. You know, so I'm very big on I don't want to waste my night out. Our time is very precious to us. We want to make sure we have the best experience. So I try to be a little calculating and use my past bad experiences to make my future ones a little better. How many gangbangs have you had? Have you? I mean, can maybe, you count? I would say between like, I don't know, 50 and 60 maybe. Wow. And what's the most amount of people you've done in one night? When I hosted them, like in a hotel, I think it was either seven or eight. So seven or eight is the most that you've had in a gangbang? Not just what you've done, like just in your whole gangbang experience. How many guys is the most you've had in one evening? I think at a club it was between like 12 or 15, something right. like that one time. Right. That was a very good night. And that night, it's funny because sometimes, too, I'm very big on, you ask, like, are people my type and stuff? Yeah. When I go to clubs... You have no control over who's there and stuff. And sometimes I'm just in a mood where, like, I want to get fucked. You know, I'm just in that, like, hunting type of mentality. Mm -hmm. So blindfolds are a very great tool to have. So if I went to a club and maybe nobody was really what I was, like, really attracted to, but I still wanted to play and I wanted that, like, kinky, you know, sexy, like, naughty dynamic going on. I would just put the blindfold on and my date would just choose the guys. And I would never know who they are. Oh, stranger sex. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you could imagine they're whoever you want and it could be the hottest sex of your life, right? Yeah. Because again, someone doesn't have to be attractive to be good in bed. Yeah. But sometimes your brain fucks that up for you. Yeah, yeah. Totally. The, the vision, what you're seeing. You take that away yeah. and th there you are having a great time. Yeah. So I love blindfolds for that reason, but also like you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, everything is a surprise. You're a little more in touch with your body when you can't see because your other senses kind of. Oh, like, is that. To, I, you know, I never would think of that, but that makes sense. So like when you're blindfolded, you feel things a little bit more. I do. Yeah, because now like your sense of smell, touch, taste, like everything else you're trying to get more information out of because you can't see what's happening. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, so I fucked a ton of people with a blindfold on. I, they could be standing right next to me tomorrow and I would never know I had sex with them. Um, and I'm really into, like, we talked a little bit about, you know, like DV and stuff like that, but I'm also a big fan. It's so hot, um, to be like spit roasted. Um, what is spit roasting? have you ever heard airtight? No, what's spit roasting and airtight? So spit roasting is one in, I guess it could be your ass or your pussy and the other one's in your mouth. So you look like a pig like on a spit roast. Oh, yes. I had <laughs> someone explain that to me before. Okay. You're into that. And that goes down at a gangbang or a threesome or an orgy or whatever, right? Yeah. You just need a couple of guys. Like it doesn't have to be a gangbang to do this. You just need more than one guy. Yeah. Um, air is one, your mouth, your pussy and your ass, right? So all of your holes are closed. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my favorites is DV with a double blowjob. So then you have like four cocks in you at the same time. 
Oh my goodness, Casey, you are out of control. Why are? Can I ask you a question though? Yeah. Why are you not a porn star? Like, why aren't you in that world? I mean, you could be, you know, because I and I'm just saying this because I just taped Maitland Ward, who was, you know, uh, she was like this famous actress that was on the show many, many years ago before my time, Boy Meets World, and she was, you know, very successful TV star, and then she got into porn, and now she's like, you know, award winning, very successful, famous porn star. Like, why, if you love all this shit so much and you're such a horror, like, why wouldn't you do that? Well, you know, it's interesting because I've thought about it, but I like the fact that this is real. This is my real life. I don't, even with filming with our OnlyFans now, it's kind of annoying to have to worry about a camera and stuff sometimes. You know, luckily, my husband usually films me with other people, so it doesn't interfere that much. But I don't think I like the idea of being, A, on a porn set with somebody directing it, somebody telling me, you know, do this, let's reshoot this. I don't want to be obligated to do things. I don't want to, I don't want other people profiting from my body. Like there's actually a lot of reasons. I but think did you listen to her episode, by the way? You should. Uh, it's interesting because you know what she really focused on that I never really thought of is like, because she really got into it because she loved sex and she loved to explore and she found out she loved all these things. I mean, she's not some girl that's doing it to make money. Like, I mean, she's like really there because she loves to ha live out all her fantasies. And what she finds, and like I said, what was interesting to me was that, you know, how she never not has a good time because these are professional guys and they know how to fuck. And I was like, oh yeah, I never thought about that. You're probably, you know, these guys really know all the tricks. She squirted for her first time, you know, like all this stuff because there you are playing with people that really know what they're effing doing. So just I mean, another angle that, that you wouldn't think about, you know? But, you know, like from my point of view, my life is a porn set, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we do all this shit all the time and it's not my job. It's just, our lifestyle. So I don't know how I would do like well, making that transition where it was like my job. I like the way it is now. I like filming amateur stuff like raw, real footage. Um, I think that's more my comfort zone. Mm hmm. I'm just saying, like, listen, they say, you know. I don't have anything against it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in life, they general, say, like, do what like you love. And I don't think I like everything. No, they, no stop. Shut up. Um, stop. I'm going <laughs> to cut that me because saying shut up too. No, like, I'm sorry, but they do say in life, like, do what you love and then the money follows. I just think, you know, if you ever, like, if anyone ever was going to do something like that, I, I just think it just seems so, like, obvious. Like, why would it? why wouldn't you if you were doing it there and everything I think you could really uh, you would probably really do well <laughs> I know well, that you see like all the negatives comes into you know it's yeah. that like in between yeah you're right yeah. gateway part where people can see it they can you know tune in to watch everything alright so you don't have to be a porn star I'm just like if you ever do make that transition it would be seemingly obvious because it's just like here you are this girl like you just said right when I cut you off about the porn thing that you're like into not just DV. What is it called when there's two dicks in your mouth, a dick in your ass, a dick in your pussy? I mean, like, what is it? Is there a word for the two dicks in your mouth? Oh, airtight, right? No, I would just say that's like a double blowjob. Airtight is mouth, pussy, and ass. So right. like, all your holes are covered. Oh, my God. Um, but I, that's the other part of gangbangs that I love is like just the different combinations yeah. of like places you can stuff cocks and stuff. Oh um, you can get as creative as you want. Sometimes you can do like a triple blowjob if the guys are like specific sizes and blend together. And I look, 
I really love guys that just have no hang-ups about, like, you'll get guys that will, like, one guy will hold both cocks together for you, and they don't give a shit that another guy is, like, holding their dick for them. Yeah, 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 for sure. I love that. I love guys that are in, um, to, like, come play in a gangbang, and... What does that mean? I... So, like, okay, I have a huge cum fetish. I love being covered in cum. Other than my husband, because my husband fucks me raw so he can come inside me, that's great. But if a guy has a condom on, I don't really feel the difference if he comes or not. So yeah. I like to see it. I like to feel it. I like to rub it all over me. I like to be covered in it. And I always want guys at a gangbang to, like, all come on me. And it never works out. You get, like, one or two guys maybe that will do it. The other guys get stage fright. Some guys are really grossed out by other guys come, but I've had a few nights where, you know, someone comes on me, then the other guy fucks me, and his hand is just, like, directly in the other guy's pile of cum, and he doesn't give a shit. That's super hot to me. I love when there's no, like, no one's disgusted by anything that's happening, and they're just super kinky guys. Uh, I got to tell you, sorry, I got to cut you off and tell you that I, you're going to come on my show again and we're going to do a whole episode on your cum fetish because you want to know why I had a woman on named Donna. I forget the number of her episode, but I mean, she, that episode has like 300,000 downloads on YouTube, but she wouldn't talk and it was titled and I just did a whole thing on this. It was titled like Donna, like, like has a sperm fetish or a cum fetish. And I'm like, there's probably nobody else out there like that. Yet guys want to hear about that because it was such a popular topic. And here you are throwing it out there. You got a cum fetish. I'm like, oh my God, you're coming on for part three. We're going to get deep into that. It's really funny because when I first met my husband, he was like, mm, "Not like he'll come on me, no problem." But I'm like, "Babe, rub it in me," and he's like, "No, nah, I'm good. Like you could rub it on yourself." But we've been together over three years now, so he's gotten better at rubbing it it on me. Um, but he's really funny because once he comes, once he orgasms, it's like someone pressed a button and shut him off, and he just wants like nothing to do with anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still super horny. I'm like, wait, but like rub it on. He was like, can't you like rub it on yourself where he like <laughs> half-assed does it, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, you are killing me. Um, it depends on his mood. Other days he's like super into it, but he's a little moody about it. Yeah. But um, he's definitely way more into it than he used to be, which is cool. But also last night we had a date with somebody. It was just a threesome. And my husband came in me. And I thought the night was over, and all of a sudden the guy goes, do you want me to, like, eat that cream pie for you? And my jaw dropped. I was like, really? Like, you want to do that? And he goes, yeah. My husband goes, like, thumbs up. Like, that's all you. And the guy did it. He fucking sucked, like, every drop out of me. And then we made out. It was so hot. I love kissing guys with my husband's cum in my mouth. I think that is super hot. But that takes a certain type of gentleman (laughs) to allow that as well. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, we're going to do a whole episode on that. You're going to come back part three, Casey. I'm sorry, but like you're just too good to uh, let go of. I mean, I would. that's a whole other episode. Can you tell me like the details and let's end with like your last gangbang and what went down? Um, the last one we had, or the most hottest one, whatever you want to talk about. When was your last gangbang though? Anyway? Well, we tried to have one like a week or two ago, but the turnout was not so great. So we ended up with two guys that came two BBCs and they were super fun. We did, um, some body writing. They wrote like BBC slut, like 
cum dump on me and stuff. We had the leash and collar going. One of them spanked the shit out of me. He has a very heavy hand. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but generally, we, like, we really want, like, over-the-top gangbangs. We don't want, like, boring, quiet, run-of-the-mill. We really <laughs> try to, like, amp it up. And, I wouldn't expect anything less than that for Casey. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes if it's, like, the energy's a little low, I'm like, somebody fucking spit on me. Like, somebody do something, you know, and then they just look at you like, where did you come from? Because I, like, when it starts off, I'm I'm on the quiet side especially if we didn't meet for drinks, like they have no idea who I am. I appear to be, you know, quiet and shy. And then the minute people get naked, I just come alive and I'm like this like savage animal now. So I take people by surprise a lot. Um, and I like to an antagonize guys, you know, like, can't you fuck me harder? Or like, you know, um, I like to push their button sometimes to get them really amped up to take some aggression out on me. We like playing with, Recently, we've discovered we like playing with guys that are married but not really allowed to play because they take out a lot of their pent-up sexual frustration that they're not getting at home. You know, a lot of guys are married to women that either lost their sex drive because of kids or menopause or whatever is going on, or maybe she's just super, super vanilla and she has fantasies that, you know, are not being fulfilled and we're at the point where we're like, hey, we can help you out. You know, it's not our place to judge what you're doing. Um, but those guys are super fun sometimes because they just come with, like, all these fantasies that they never thought anybody would, like, help them live out. Yeah. And then we do. So they go home just, like, you know, super thrilled with their night. So that always makes us feel good. I feel like, I don't know. Hottest, hottest gangbang. Like, what would that be to Casey? What was that? Can you remember? Or are they all, were there just so many to choose from? There's so many, they kind of blur together. Yeah. But we, you know, we've had a couple where, you know, you get four just like top notch guys and they just fucking wreck you for like the four hours straight. There's no break. <laughs> right. There's no stopping. Nobody. Because the worst part of a gangbang for me is when everybody needs a break at the same time. And I'm just sitting there, like, waiting for something to happen, you know. And that's the reason I like gangbangs is because if you have enough people, I feel like I should always have somebody to play with. It should never run out. But if you get all guys that die at the same time, then it's a bummer. I always hate when we block out four hours to play, but everybody comes in two. Right. And I'm just like, guys, like, come on. And the problem with me now is that, not only do I need a lot of cock, but the more I come, the hornier I just get. So at the end of the night, if I fucked guys for four hours, I look at my husband, and he's just like, you got to be kidding me, right? And I'm like, nope, your <laughs> turn now. Like, oh, and then my to play. fucking like, God. It, just, it kind of, like, never ends. Yeah, so but, you know, cool. yeah, well, you know, it might have a little bit something to do with the cum fetish. You're probably a girl that has a lot of testosterone to begin with. And then, you know, that there is testosterone, I think, or there's something in cum that I think like the more or like even just the more you hang around guys and there's something about it like builds up your testosterone. I think that cum is putting in more testosterone in you too and <laughs> just taking you above the edge. I swear to God, I really do think that because there is something to it. I'm sure if you had your hormones checked, you're just like super high in uh, testosterone because you have like, you know, the sex drive of a guy. Oh, totally. Right? 
Yep. And now you say and you come across as... at all. Like I just hit 40 this year and it's higher than it's ever been. I oh, think. it will be. Listen, when a woman hits 40, uh, you know, it's when your eggs, okay, because, you know, a part of like your sex drive is, oh, you need to go out and get fucked so you can have a baby, right? A part of it is just nature. So you're always more horny when you're ovulating. And what happens, and I think it's nature too, what happens when it's like your last hurrah and you have your last bunch of eggs that are coming down you, they're like, get fucking pregnant because this is your last time. So you're just like hornier than you've ever been in your whole life. That's what happens. I mean, it's, this is going to be the, the you know, the next 10, 15 years for you, depending on when you lose it, is going to be the horniest time of your life. I just really like, I get depressed thinking about how many women tell me, you know, they went through menopause and they just lost their sex drive. Like that really frightens me because I can't imagine... Not it's weird. Me. It's I, I have to tell you, I'm a woman, I'm 53. I'm on hormones now, but, uh, you know, did you ever go on the pill? I remember the only thing that I've I... I've been could, on the pill forever. Oh, yeah. okay. See, when I went on the pill once when I was younger and I fucking hated it because it took away my sex drive and I just had no... It was like gone. And, it, and I was like weepy and I was like, oh my God, this is like... I'm like every girl every guy's girlfriend that they complain about. And I'm like, probably the reason is, is all these girls are on fucking birth control and it's making them mental. Like, you know, most guys complain, like my girl never wants to get laid as much as I do. And she's always crying, you know, it's like, yeah, cause she's probably on the pill. Like the pill for some people could really zap that shit out of you. And it's no different than when you go through menopause and you lose those hormones. It just happens. And the worst thing about it is it's like, I mean, for me, because I could step out of myself and I'm very aware of things and I don't want things like that to happen to myself, I could look at myself as a third person and be like, oh, I, I don't want it to be that way, so I need to do something. But what could very easily happen is you don't fucking care because the desire isn't there. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so it's what happens first. You lose the desire, but the woman doesn't care. She doesn't care that she lost it. She just doesn't fucking give a shit. You know, it's understandable. Yeah, it is scary. But by the time you go through it, there's going to be so much more going on and that you'll be fine. I think that they have to fix that because women are living so much longer. There's no reason for a woman that to happen, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I don't, don't worry about it and just have fucking fun. You have a long time before that happens, but it is scary and it is a real thing that happens. But, you know, a, a big part of it uh, is, you know, you stop, the desire goes away and you just stop doing it or women aren't doing it that much anyway because they've had kids and husbands and careers at that time that someone like you, it may never happen to anyway, even if it was tomorrow because you're, you're so connected to your sexuality and you're just getting fucked all the time. And like, you know, it's not like, I don't know, what is it going to do? Like, how are you going to get out of it? I don't know. I think that you'll be fine. I think sometimes it happens more so to someone that's not getting laid as much. And then you really lose that connection. True. And I also just, uh, something just popped into my head too, about like fun little things about gangbangs for like me and my husband, yeah. like behind the scenes things. So a lot of them now, he picks the guys, right? He kind of, or if he doesn't pick them specifically, he tells me what he wants. Yeah. So if he's moved for black guys, I find black guys. Sometimes he wants to do like all guys over 50 or all guys under 25. Oh, interesting. He kind of gets in like these moods and then it's my job to like, you know, get the right pieces to perform that for him. 
He also, we have a little ritual where I never eat before a gangbang, especially, but usually not before dates at all, just because of the impact on yeah. your body. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the night, we usually like go to a diner or something and have like a late night snack and we kind of like go over how the night went. So that's part of our little like ending of the date. And before the date, um, I get showered and stuff and he'll like check my legs to make sure I'm super smooth. Cause sometimes I'm a fast shaver and I miss spots <laughs> and it drives him crazy. Yeah. So he'll like my check to make sure everything is smooth. I'll ask him, you know, what lingerie do you want me to wear tonight? What kind of outfit, what props do you want me to bring? He'll help me pick out my outfit. So that's part of like our, uh, fetish too, is him like, helping prepare me for other guys. Yeah, that's find interesting. That to be very, like, sensual and sexy. Uh, because even though, like, you know, I'm going to meet other men, this all centers back to me and him, right? If he is not turned on, then none of this matters to me. So at the end of the day, I need to make sure, like, he's getting what he wants out of this, mm-hmm. and he's a very visual person. So that's part of our little, like, routine for a night out. And... That might be interesting. I don't know. Yes, it's all interesting. Oh, my God, Casey, I could talk to you for another hour. And I was thinking I might start having my episodes be longer. I don't know why I rush people off at an hour, you know. Um, But, I, but I'm but i going to get you off now because I'm going to have you back on because we need to do the whole cum fetish thing. Maybe we'll do we'll, – you know what we'll do that for? We'll do that for Fetish Fridays because it is a really interesting fetish. Uh, I don't think there's many girls out there with it and guys really want to hear about it because I'm telling you that Donna episode was so famous and but she wouldn't talk it was like very hard to get her to say anything so I think there's a lot of guys out there that really want to hear from a woman that really does love it and who better to do that than my Casey girl who is like just you know you're all you do is talk and you're so open and you're so great at explaining so you're going to come back on. Uh, why don't you give shout outs to all your stuff? I mean, people want to read your stories and get really into these scenarios. This is basically like erotica. You have three books, right? Yes. So far. We'll see if there's more in the future. Yeah, when you start uh, doing porn. I mean, I don't know why you're not doing it. It's weird. Um, so you're going to do... So I'll put links to your books right? And then links to your, all your other stuff. Explain, you have an OnlyFans, you have the books, explain everything, give a shout out to all your stuff. And you're the writer. She's a great fucking writer. Like I said, I used a lot of people before her. None of them cut the, like I was, I'm like actually very picky. Uh, And not only that, as bossy, not bossy, as like alpha as you are with this, like she's fucking on it. She gets things done fast. She takes control. She's like, it's just like a really good if you need someone to write stuff for you. I highly recommend her. Um, Okay, so real quick, my first book, In Bed with Strangers, Swinging My Way to Self-Discovery, is how I found myself in the lifestyle. Part two, Scarlet Swings Higher, is you know, playing with multiple guys, some gangbang stuff. And then part three, Scarlet Surrenders, is when I met my husband in the threesome and our relationship up until we got married and I became a hot wife. Uh, the best way to contact me for professional stuff is through email at inbedwithstrangers at outlook.com. That will never be deleted. My Instagram is at inbedwithstrangers, which we never know if that will be there the next day. 
Uh, Twitter and OnlyFans are hotwifelife869, and I think that is everything that I have. Okay, and I'll put all of that stuff in the description. Not on YouTube. Listen, on YouTube, I can't put links. Your fucking last episode got me a strike, so fuck uh, links on YouTube. I can't put them. So if you're listening on YouTube, you have to just rewind and go back or you know, email me for her link, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. But I, I can't post the links there, but they will be in the podcast description. So go to the podcast description. You get all her links. They'll all be there. And you will be back. Fetish Friday coming out soon. Uh, Casey has a cum fetish. It's perfect. Yeah, I'm really filthy when it comes to fetish. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There I we mean, go. Uh, Come. When it comes, come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Okay, thank you, Casey. Thank you so much for calling in. I, I mean, I, I just feel like we it just, it's still the tip of the iceberg, but it was like fucking fascinating. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics, and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests, as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictlyanonymouspodcast. That's patreon.com slash strictlyanonymouspodcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.